Blog Talk Radio. It cannot be emphasized strongly enough the beauty, purity, and perfection of who you really are. You are not your illness, your finances, or your loneliness. There's nothing wrong in your life that you don't have the power to correct, and you are unlimited in your ability to tap into that power. Welcome. I'm Janet Richmond, and this is the Higher Self Voice. Hello, everyone. I hope you all are having a good week. It's Wednesday, and it is time for the show, and I'm very excited. Today, it's about understanding law of attraction and karma, as um, according to the higher self. So I'm going to be talking about that today in, in relationship to the healing request. And then, of course, at the end, I will be doing a healing. Rarely, and I mean rarely ever promote myself. I don't get on the show every week and make announcements about, oh, come to my meetup groups or, you know, have a private session or read my book or whatever. I'm very, uh, I just don't do that. I I don't know why, because it's not like my work isn't valuable and I don't don't honor it and, and respect my own stuff. You know, of course I do. But I don't know, it's just not me in some ways. So, but today I am going to promote blatantly, overtly promote my book, Choices, Neutralizing Your Negative Thought Forms and Emotional Blueprints. I'm going to promote it because it's directly related to this, to what I'm going to be talking about today. And I can only give a thumbnail and elements of it are in all of my different radio shows on the archives. I have bits and pieces everywhere. But I really am now beginning to think that nobody listens to the whole all of the radio shows. They pick and choose what's interesting to them, so they get a bit here and a bit there. And that's normal, and that's to be expected. But I really feel like to bring in the, the basic knowledge of what I share, that I would encourage you to get the book choices that I wrote. You can get it on Amazon. You can get it on my website, JanetRichmond.com or HigherSelfVoice.com. You can get it. I've even seen it for sale on eBay, and it's not me selling it. I have access to to it just about everywhere, and I really recommend you get it so that it will pull the bits and pieces together, and it will help fill in some of the gaps. And the reason why I am blatantly promoting the book in a way that I virtually have never done before is because that I realize that people really don't connect in certain ways the work that I do with the law of attraction. And if they do connect it, they don't understand fully the connection. And I, I have to own that fact. I have to own the reason why people don't connect it because you also do not hear me say and advertise law of attraction, law of attraction, law of attraction. I do not talk about my work using those terms in general on the radio. Occasionally, I do explain an element of law of attraction, and if you listen to all the shows, yes, you'll see it there a handful of times over the four-year weekly shows that I have. But the reason why I don't talk about it using those terms so much is because there is so many... The law of attraction is out there everywhere. 
and there's so many connotations placed around that term. Some people think, you know, it goes from the people who think, wow, law of attraction is fantastic, it's the best thing that since sliced bread, it's absolutely uh, changed my life, and then you go all the way to the other extreme to people who think the law of attraction is complete hoke, hokey, uh, doesn't work, never will, stupid, irrational, whatever. And then you have all the ranges in between where people might be willing to think, well, maybe there's something to it, but, you know, show me, show me the evidence or something like that. And then there are people who think, yeah, it's pretty good, but it doesn't work in all cases. And, you know, yada, yada, yada. I'm addressing that in a small way today. Um, As I said, I have a healing and I have uh, a lot to talk about, um, as always, you know. So I can't do it all. That's, again, why I am recommending the book, Choices, by Janet Richmond, and it's Neutralizing Your Negative Thoughts and Emotional Blueprints, and it is going to pull all the pieces in together for you. Now, it's like a primer. It's got a lot of meat in there, but it's easy. It's accessible. I I wrote it as if I'm addressing, you know, uh, Mr. Everyone out there, so I don't use a lot of big language or esoteric. I mean, you know me. I don't do that. So it's very accessible, very readable, very. um, but it doesn't mean it doesn't have some real meat in it. And hopefully by the time you get to the end of the book, a lot of the things I've shared over the years on the show will make a lot more sense because you'll have much better context. Now, that doesn't mean that my next book, isn't great. It is. It adds a whole nother layer of understanding. I need to clear, clarify this whole thing about the law of attraction. I'm going to get started. Maybe I'm going to talk about it more in general. Um, but what happened in the meetup group, I just had a meetup group. You know, I have a local group here in LA and I have it once a month. And we went through this really powerful healing on finances and um, the feedback generally was really positive. People loved it. But I overheard somebody, somebody earlier had said they go to um, Law of Attraction meetup group. (laughs) One of the meetup people who just been through the meetup says, oh, well, I'm interested in the Law of Attraction. What's your group like? So there wasn't any connection for that individual um, to with my work. So that was one one um one thing that happened recently that was just a very simple thing that I just happened to overhear and I'm thinking, you know, no wonder people don't connect. I don't say law of attraction most of the time. Okay. Before I get to that, I want to quickly give you some feedback on Ryan. If you remember, we did a, a healing on Ryan. He was the son of uh, Robin's son, Robin calls in often, and she requested the healing on Ryan. And he's he's the paranoid schizophrenic that had a lot of that has a lot of delusions and paranoia and a um, lot of problems. And he, but he doesn't think he has any mental problems, so he doesn't seek help. And he ended up getting himself into some very hot, hot water, um, sending some very vicious, threatening emails to people at the USC library system and ended up, the police were called and he was put uh, put in jail for a felony and I forget exactly what it was, but the threats and all of that. Um, 
it was it was pretty serious. And so I did this healing on it um, as best I could. It was a very intense healing. It was really fascinating because the higher self brought in or had me bring in all the the judge, all the people related to the actual trial, the judge, the uh, the lawyers, and all of that, and had me bring in uh, the people at the. Um, I, I believe I, I don't remember really honestly, guys. I was so deep in that healing; it was so profound, and was jumping around. And you can hear it. It's not only on my on my website is an archive show, and of course, it's on Blog Talk Radio, but also. It was so profound, and we've gotten so many, so much feedback. We've put it on, either we have or are about to put it on YouTube because it was fascinating. So you better listen to it there because I don't want to spend time trying to remember all the elements, but it was pretty intense. In any case, I, got, I did hear back from Robin, and she says, um, she, and of course she thanked me and all of that, and then she said, the offer they gave Ryan was five years probation either and either one year in county jail or one year at a residential program for the mentally ill now ryan chose the one year in jail because as robin has indicated he he has he will not ever admit that he has mental issues um but after time served and good behavior and all of that he will probably only get six months he is going to be formally sentenced in, on October 26th, and he could actually be released anytime after that. Um, he might even serve only another month, maybe less, she said. Um, they didn't lower the felony charge. Although, if he completes his five years probation successfully, he can petition for it to be lowered to a misdemeanor. So that's great. So she says the outcome wasn't as she'd hoped. But she does see that it could have been a lot worse. The maximum penalty was six years in a state prison. So he clearly didn't get close to that. So that's really good. Um, and her, she said, our attorney said that the judge was very nice, motherly even. And a representative from USC was there too. The attorney said everyone was concerned about Ryan and there was a sense of good outcome by all or a desire for a good outcome by all and they wanted him to get help so that's really terrific it 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 just it was like all the elements pulled together and they were there for ryan not there to destroy him and that's uh really good news um she says our attorney jennifer also said that ryan was um, quite different from the first time she met him uh, that he understood what he did wrong and was more humble. So that's really great because there's a there's a side to this mental illness that Ryan has that's quite arrogant and always thinks he's right and always doesn't allow for other people's viewpoints, et cetera. So Robin thinks maybe this experience will help him at least to think first before he lashes out at society. Um, she's not doing too well herself. She's so sad. She said she's not dealing with it very well, and she's been having some um, 
recurrence of a drinking problem, which she mentioned uh, uh, when she was on the show, and she's going into rehab. So she's also moving forward to deal with some of her issues. So it's good news, guys. It's good news. Now, when we have someone as deeply wounded uh, as Ryan that has a situation that involves this whole societal level, this pattern is pretty complex. But, you know, what we did had some effect. I firmly uh, think it's hard to know. You can't compare. If we hadn't done any work, what, what would have happened And if we did versus when we did do the work? But the indications to me are that it came out in a fairly uh, positive manner, uh, and I feel really good about it. So uh, is it perfect? No, of course, but that would be uh, not really reasonable expectation. Okay, and I did hear from Jake. We didn't hear. I didn't hear last week, so I couldn't give you some feedback last week. But Jake, um, uh, he says, you know, he thanked me for the healing. He just didn't just uh, didn't get around to responding. But he said, as I'm sure you're used to hearing, everything you said resonated with me very greatly and felt thought on. Well, I I do hear that a lot, but not always. But I and I always appreciate it, Jake. Um, he said, this was also the first healing of yours that I felt physically, as a coincidence or not, during the part where you helped me release negative energies near my abdomen, I actually felt a tingling and cramping sensation in that area. So that's good. I mean, it took me probably a couple, three years of working on this to feel much of anything. Keeping in mind, I was I started the work 30 plus years ago, and I was such a newbie. And the energies on the planet were the frequency was much lower, so you're working through a much denser kind of energy field. And I was such a newbie too; I didn't have any practice. I never, I just went right into the group that Joan Culpepper had, so I, I didn't have any experience any other place. So it's great. I mean, he's not been doing the work that much, but he's getting some feelings already, and. This is terrific. That means the more we uh, neutralize, the higher our frequency becomes, our energetic frequency. We're changing the balance from the dense negative frequencies to the higher, lighter, positive frequencies. And so he's going through this, quote-unquote, lightening process that allows uh, more physical sensations as a result. So it's really great. Um, he has written me since. He's still having some some anxiety um, issues. He's still having some depression. He's still very discouraged. There, he's in the moment. The healing seemed to be right there, spot on for him. But it is, he's very, very discouraged because it's not. Uh, things don't seem to be shifting, and he's just. It's just not easy for him. And I know all of us can relate to that. We've all been in situations where no matter what we do, whether it's the energy work or some other kind of work, and we're not, we feel like we don't make progress, it can be extremely, extremely uh, discouraging and upsetting and depressing. So my heart goes out to him, and I'm in contact with him over email. So I, I don't want to talk too much more about it here on the radio, only because we have a lot to do today. Okay. Uh, I think now I'm. You, you heard what I said about the guy in the meetup who he walked over and he had no concept that the group that I just led had anything to do with the law of attraction. So he was interested in getting into a group with law of attraction. And 
more power to them. I have no problem with the law of attraction at all. But I do want to clarify from the higher self perspective uh, some of the some of the ideas and concepts about the law of attraction. And I have covered this recently, maybe a couple, three weeks ago. I think I even talked about it a little bit on Jake's show, which I think was like three weeks ago. I'm really not sure. But anyway, you'll see, again, bits and pieces here or there. I'm going to try to tie it in a little bit more today. Anyway, but I do want to read Ernesto's email. I said, so what I had in mind was related to guilt, karma, and the belief that any previous situation or decisions that you made in the past will come back to haunt you, which is that karmic idea. When something bad happens to us, we often think, oh, well, what did I do in the past to deserve this now? Or when somebody does something bad, we think, well, what goes around comes around and karma will hit them down the line. So that's that whole thing about karma is coming up. So I'm going to be talking about that too today. All right, and then he gives an example. He says, let's say, for example, you've kicked someone in the past, or maybe something more drastic, like you cheated on somebody while in a relationship. The fact that, the fact that you may have caused someone pain in any way, short, shape, or form can make you feel guilty. As a result, the mind can think you, have, you will have someone kick you back or cheat on you to pay you back for what you did even though it's a different person. You get payback, in other words. So that's that karmic element. And he he says, if you factor in the topic of law of attraction, you might, in fact, be manifesting this idea because of how much attention you are giving to it out of guilt. So he's really opened the door for me. You know, I love those doors. I walk right through them to explain some stuff about the law of attraction about and karma. And, of course, I'm going to be doing a healing on him. And the the anxiety and all of that that he has. And also, it seems to me that whether it's this specific pattern, uh, there's an issue here of guilt and betrayal. And then um, the belief, even, that he's going to get it in the end because he made a mistake in the past. And so we want to work on all those kind of things. So that's why the door opened for me to talk today, what happened in the meetup group. And actually there were a couple things two or three weeks earlier, but what happened in the meetup group and then um, Ernesto talking about the law of attraction. And I just realized I do need to make this clear. Okay. Now, there's nothing wrong with the law of attraction. I want everyone to understand that the law of attraction is a very valid concept. Um, and I'm excited and I love the fact and it's important and it's significant that this whole concept of the law of attraction that thought counts and for us to become more conscious of that thought that it counts because it affects what we bring into ourselves what, what we manifest and those that basic idea is absolutely uh, incredible that is now out to the world as much as it is, okay? Now, however, the the standard law of attraction, I don't read a lot of what everybody else teaches, so maybe there's a whole lot more, uh, there's a lot out there that I'm not aware of, 
But in, in general, at least over the early days, because the higher self talked us about the magnetic law of attraction back in the early 80s. So I've been aware of this concept for a long time before it became sort of part of the general populace. Not that it wasn't out there, but it wasn't out there like it is now. Um, but in any case, they went on to explain in great detail how how it works. Now, and so the general law of attraction that's out there in many ways, it's not that it's bad or wrong. It's that it's kind of incomplete, I would say. And I have a good analogy, you know, me and the analogies. <laughs> Let's say you want to become a dancer, whether it's for a hobby or professional or whatever, and you go to a teacher and you learn, let's say it's ballet, because I can, I studied ballet years ago. I can relate to it a little bit personally, but it can be anything. It can be a sport. It can be anything, any skill set you're trying to um, develop. So you go to class and you have a teacher, you love the teacher, you're learning all the steps, the different positions, you're learning the names of all the different moves, you're practicing your turns, your jumps, your this, your that, and but you, you sort of get maybe a year into it, you realize, or six months or whatever it is, depending on how often you go, you realize you're not progressing. Um, you just get so far and then you just are unable to get past that stage, whatever level you, you've come to. And so then you thought, well, you think, well, maybe I'll try another teacher, maybe whatever. And for whatever reason, you go out and you get another teacher. And lo and behold, you realize that the teacher you've had was great at certain things. And you learned a lot about certain things, but the teacher never worked ever, say, on your posture. You were never really explained that you have to stand straight in order to have the that center point to spin on or the the strength to really use your arms, that core strength to really use your arms in the proper way. Maybe you have the jumps pretty well and the positions well, and maybe you're good at stretching because that was really emphasized by the first teacher. But somehow the message about the core the back, the posture, the way you uh, use your arms, that was sort of missing. And so you only were able to move forward because you lacked the, the wider understanding and you, you or techniques. And this is kind of like the law of attraction. And I'm not saying that it isn't out there now, but it's not out there enough. There's two missing pieces, okay? One is, well, before I get back up, I want to, and I've said this, I know, on many shows, let me give you the idea, that the, the, the information about how thought works. So if you think your thoughts are important, you should at least understand how it works. So here's what happens, and I have done this, said this many times. It, when you think a thought, it carries its own specific, unique uh, magnetic signature. So you think... I'm having fun. It has that fun signature. And when it moves into your etheric bodies, it is attracted to and becomes one with all the other thoughts you've ever thought about fun. Okay? 
That's how it works. So what you're doing when you think positive thoughts like this is fun or I am healthy or I'm wealthy or whatever it is you're working on, you are growing the thought form, the thought energy around that issue. So, yes, you are empowering those thought forms. But I want to make it really clear. What does it do to the part, the thoughts you've had, not only in this life, we carry thoughts from every life, eons of lives. What does it do to the thoughts that, that are, I'm depressed, or I'm miserable, or I'm uh, unhappy, I'm dissatisfied, I'm upset, I'm discouraged, I'm poor. Those positive thoughts have no effect whatsoever on the negative. So what you have here is you have with the, with the law of attraction, which really so focuses on being positive, thinking positive, getting away from the negative thoughts. All of that is really good information, just like all that first teacher taught, all the techniques the first teach, dance teacher taught that person were good. There was nothing wrong with those, the teachings, the needing to stretch, the the, the ways to do the jumps and this, that, and the other. But, but that teacher wasn't teaching the whole, the whole of it. And this is what's often missing in the law of attraction, that, that when you think positive thoughts, in fact, it does nothing to the negative. Now, why is that important? Because some people sort of think, well, if you think a whole bunch of positive thoughts, eventually the negative is either going to sort of atrophy away or be overwhelmed, or be pushed out in some way. But the fact is, when you create energy, you cannot get rid of it. It's there, and it's in our energetic field. The higher self call it the thought form body. But whatever you want to call it, or however you perceive it, don't want to worry, you know, it's not about terms and where it goes. But the fact of the matter is, all that magnetic energy we carry is operational in our everyday life. We walk around completely unaware how operational our energetic world is. It's extremely operational. So when you are building your positive thoughts through using the law of attraction, that's great. But all the negative stuff that you've ever carried is still working, still part of attracting in situations and conditions that you don't want. So most law of attraction uh, arenas do say we have to do something with the negative. I don't study them or look into them. I don't know exactly what they say, but it's not emphasized quite enough. And, and I, because I don't know what they say, maybe they, they, they say exactly what I say. I don't know. But a lot of them don't because many people I talk to don't have the concept that we do need to deal with the past thoughts. And unfortunately, over the eons of life we've been in, most of our thought is negative in nature. Most of it. It's the part of the human condition, guys. And I've used this example ad infinitum. But remember the person who wakes up with a backache or a you know, terrible stiff neck and can barely function, barely getting up? 
if the person wakes up feeling great, you jump out of bed, oh, I had such a great sleep, and off we go with our list of things we have to get done in the morning, and then we, off we go to work, and we feel really productive, and we, oh, I can run out at lunch, I feel so energetic, I'll run out and lunch and do three errands, and yada, yada, yada. When we feel bad, it's constant focus. Oh, I don't know if I can get to work. You talk to your spouse or your partner. You you talk to your children. You finally, you know, meander out of bed and you, you know, limp over to the telephone. You call work. You talk to the work. Here's the situation, blah, blah, blah. And then you finally decide to go into work. And then when you get to work, you're sitting at your desk. You're miserable. And in comes the UPS man. And he says, well, how are you doing today? Now, you know this UPS man because you see him three or four times a week, part of the delivery system that your business, the business that you work at has. And if you felt good, you'd say, oh, I feel so good today. How about you? What's going on? When you feel like you feel, when you have this bad back, you say things like, well, since you asked, just let me tell you. And then for the next five minutes, we talk about the pain when we had it before, what we're going to do with it, how we're going to get over. I mean, we just focus on it. So, and and most of the lives we've had are much more difficult than the life we live now. As tough as anybody out there feels that they have, you know, I talk often about the dark ages, the middle ages, the primitive times where there was so much man inhumanity, man cruelty, uh, very little expanded concepts and understanding. And life was really t- tough, and that's why, you know, the average death was in the 40s early on, and then maybe it raised to the 50s, and, you know, it's because it was so tough. Disease, wars, um, poverty, starvation, uh, no protection from the natural disasters. It was tough, guys. So we had an inordinate amount of negative, and just to let that sit there, and just to think positive thoughts is not enough. It is not nowhere near enough. And we could think positive thoughts from now until the cows come home the rest of our lives, and it would only be touching the enormous negative thoughts that we have, the negative thought energy, the negative magnetic thought energy that we have. So that's the first piece of the missing piece is that what to do with the negative has to be dealt with. It absolutely has to be dealt with. And that's why I hammer the neutralizing because this is the technique that everybody and anyone can do and can use. I give it away for free, guys. It is in my book, but I have I have the neutralizing thing right online so you can do it. Uh, you can copy a page of my book that I specifically put in choices, and I have another one in my second book uh, because I have a little bit of recap there. I want people to have access to the technique. I give away little laminated cards in person if I'm um, at my meetup groups and when I'm doing an expo or something like that or I have a workshop. I give away these things because it is so easy to start to deal with that negative. All my healing are about neutralizing the negative. I say to you, we're not going to worry about the positive, okay? It's the negative that's making us unhappy. That's what we're doing. We are neutralizing the magnetic negative energy that is also very much a part of the law of attraction. We have to reduce it and keep shifting 
the balance in our energetic field, reducing the negative and building up the positive. Absolutely has to happen both sides. My work is directly related to the law of attraction, even though I don't talk about, I don't use that term often, and I explain why. Now, the second missing piece is that thought energy is soulless and mindless, and in other words, it's not, it doesn't have conscious intent. It's not part of a soul, and it's willless. All it does is, is attract. It is uh, obsessive-compulsive in attracting. Those magnets, they're turned on, and once they're on, once it's created, that magnet is on forever, okay? Now, when we want to address well, when we address the neutralizing, you all know I use the divine energy that we carry within, that pure soul essence energy. That is our purest, most potent point of power. That is what we all carry. That's what does the work for us. It is the divine energy. We have to invite it in. I've talked about the focus of attention. You understand all that. But it is the divine energy that neutralizes those negatives. Well, why don't we use the divine energy, which I do in my work, when we are trying to empower the positive? You have to understand that the divine energy is our power. That's where the power is. So if we're just thinking the thought, I'm wealthy, I'm wealthy, I'm wealthy, over and over again, yeah, we're empowering that wealthy thought energy, that wealthy, that wealthy magnet, but we're only, it's like putting one little matchstick on a pile at a time. It's very light compared to the divine energy. We call on the divine energy to empower the wealth. And wham, that's our point of power. That is going to increase the positive magnets 10,000 fold. Or more. I mean, I don't have a specific amount, but it's huge. Instead of going from to matches, we're going like to, you know, a, I don't know. I can't think of an, the opposite of a match. But <laughs> in any case, it is absolutely much more effective. We're talking light years more effective. It is so much more effective. So the other part of the law of attraction that is missing, and maybe some do bring it in. Again, I don't know all the modalities that talk about it, but I do know some for sure are missing the idea of utilizing, incorporating the divine powerhouse that we have with the positive thinking, okay? The other Thing that is absolutely a part of this kind of a corollary is when you use the divine energies. Remember, they can't hurt, they can't harm, they can't control, manipulate, do anything to you that, number one, you don't agree to, but it's not only you don't agree to, but you don't agree to at the very highest ideal in accord with your own divine plan. So when you bring in the divine energies to empower something positive, you also are bringing in the guarantee that you're not empowering a positive uh, thought or concept or whatever you want to call it that can actually do your harm. Now, hello, maybe I haven't talked about it enough. I, I know I've talked about it a wee bit, 
But because my emphasis is so much on let's get rid of that that negative side, let's do the neutralizing, that I'm not as clear maybe and as I don't talk about it as much, that actually thinking positive, uh, positive thoughts, what we would perceive as positive, can actually become part of a larger larger pattern that can hold us back that's actually not working for us because keep in mind these patterns are very complex there's a lot of pieces to our big big pattern let me give you uh one example loyalty i'm a very loyal person and one day i don't know what i was doing this is a long time ago uh i'm going to work on something and um up comes this pattern, this this concept that I need to uh, neutralize. And what is it? I need to neutralize loyalty. And why is that? I'm like, what's going on, higher self? You know, this is one of those sort of bizarre moments, which I you've heard me give quite a few examples of over the years. And this was another one. Loyalty what? Well, because we've had so many past lives that I've actually died in situation where I've given my loyalty to a person or a ideal or a situation or a condition, and it has closed doors for me in other future lives for other people, others uh, that would be more in keeping with where and what I wanted them, other avenues of uh, opportunity, et cetera, et cetera. So my loyalty issue became an anchor in a way to my expansion in other areas. I don't remember all the details now, but it was amazing to me. And I, they've always told us whenever we empower a thought form to always amalgamate the, the thought form with the higher self. It's the same as empowering it with the divine because the higher self are at that divine level also. They can't hurt or harm and they're always working on the ideal. So that if you decide you want to keep loyalty, you like to say loyalty is part of who you are. And remember, when we neutralize loyalty, it doesn't mean that suddenly we're going to be disloyal. There isn't that either or thing. Well, we neutralize loyalty, so suddenly we're going to be really miserable people that are betraying others and aren't loyal and abandoning people. No, it means we are neutralizing the automatic knee-jerk reaction to be loyal, which closes out discernment, closes out opportunity, closes out other ways of viewing and looking at situations. So what you're doing is you're neutralizing the reaction to be loyal, the habit of being loyal, just on automatic pilot, even when that hurts you, even when loyalty, we've all heard of situations where you you know, you're in a job or something and you've developed a close connection with a coworker and you're loyal to that coworker and then the coworker maybe does something uh bad and you lie for that for that coworker, you're loyal to the point where you lie and um cover up something that the coworker did and then you get brought in to the whole thing and you're seen as a co conspirator or co, whatever you want to call it, but you know that kind of situation I'm talking about. That's a situation where loyalty to someone you care about is really creates problems in your life, brings you to do things out of that that loyalty issue that is negative. So maybe 
hopefully when you neutralize the loyalty thing and a situation like that would come up, what happens? You don't need your automatically and lie to that person because you now have released, neutralized, dissolved that loyalty issue and there's more discernment and you take a look at the whole picture. And yes, you care about this person and yes, it's important, but you then might go to the person and say, look, I don't feel comfortable covering up for you or lying for you. How about you step forward and and come forward and, and take and own whatever it is yourself? So you might move to that option rather than just automatically allowing yourself to be pulled along and ending up lying for that person. So that's the kind of idea that I'm trying to say. When we, let's say, you know, we we feel like we need to be more loyal. Maybe we have abandoned people and we want to change that pattern. We've decided we don't want to abandon others. And we just start to infuse, I am loyal, I am loyal, I am loyal. Without bringing in the divine energy, without amalgamating that loyalty thought energy with the higher self, you can be in danger of having that loyalty issue discolor or become part of another pattern where it doesn't play itself out in your highest ideal. So anytime you want to empower your positive, great, but utilize the protection and the intense power that you have from the divine energies, whether it's the higher selves, the pure soul essence, both together. I use them all. I'm just, you know, in fact, down the line, and I have said this before, the higher self want us to neutralize all the positives as well. Again, it doesn't mean suddenly our, our life is going to be negative, but the cleaner our energy field, the more we can manifest quickly uh, at, at higher and higher levels on, in our outer reality. So, in fact, Eventually, that's going to be the focus of attention, but not yet. Let's work on the negative. But if you're going to empower the positive, utilize the divine energies as well. Very important, guys. Just like with the dance. When you go to a new teacher and the new teacher starts to work on and really emphasize your posture, your centering, your core, your arms, and brings in a whole nother level of the dance that allows you to move forward. You don't throw out the techniques you would learn for the jumps and the whatever uh, the, the positions and the whatever else you've learned from that first teacher. You don't throw it out. You add to it. And that's what the higher self information is all about. It's about adding to what you already understand, increasing your, your knowledge, increasing your ability to become that directing identity in your own life, to become an active participant in your own life in a way that works. So that is the part about how my work fits in with the law of attraction. It doesn't discount it. It doesn't erase it. It doesn't uh, minimize it. It adds to it. It's complementary. So whatever group you're doing, whatever efforts you're doing with the law of attraction, just keep in mind if it's if it's resonating with you and feels good with you, then then it's great because it's the resonation that's that's great. But you, I, I would encourage each and every one of you to think about 
dealing with the negative, doing the neutralizing, and also um, using those divine energies. Of course, we always use them for the neutralizing and, and also empowering your positive. Bring in the amalgamation to whatever group you're in, whether it's a law of attraction group or anything else. Bring in, activate those divine energies, guys. Allow them to work for you. You have them. You carry them. And getting to the point where you're aware of it is a big part of the journey through the human kingdom universe. Okay. Now, I do want to mention karma. And because the higher self, karma is also in my book, Choices. Uh, I'm going to give you the thumbnail. Of course, you'll get more from the book, more of an understanding. But... Here's here's what the higher self, uh, how they discuss karma. In fact, they say karma is really a habit. And here's how it works, in quotes. Now, when I use the term habit, the there is an actual, not only do we carry an energy field that carries the thoughts, the thought energy, we also carry an energy field that carries the habit energy. Now, why, what is the habit energy? Why is it significant? Why is it important? And how does it fit in with the big scheme of things? First of all, I'm talking about thought separate from habit. And then there's the third area, the emotions. And I often talk about them separate from the others. But in fact, they are all working together. They aren't really separate, but it just helps to have a specific discussion. Um, okay. So here's the way what the habit energy field is like. It's not magnetic. The habit energy field is a energy field that carries an energy to propel us to action. And how do we engage that energy field? Well, every time we think a thought, no, we do not only create thought energy, but we create an imprint in the energy field that you could think of as a propellant to action. Now, I think of it like a sandy beach after the tides come out and it's just all flat. It's just very powerful energy there, but, you know, you can look at it as a uh, sand on the beach. And I use sand because when somebody walks over it or somebody drives over it or rides a bike or a horse over it, it creates imprints in the sand. It's, it's, uh, and if the sand is wet, the imprint is, stays there. It's not like when you dr- go over wet, uh, dry sand. So every time we think a thought, let's say we're doing the fun thought, oh, I'm having so much fun, you create an imprint in that energy field, like an imprint in the sand. Every time you think another fun thought, guess what? It goes over the same imprint. So every time you think of a fun thought or you think of I'm wealthy or whatever you want, the there is a imprint created. Uh, the imprint gets deeper and deeper and deeper. So like thoughts, create deeper and deeper imprints. The way the propellant energy works, the deeper the imprint, the stronger the propellant is. So the thought and the habit imprints work together. So you think the thought, I'm wealthy, you create the imprint, and then the energy propels us to action. Now it's hard to think of uh, well, maybe with the fun, you have the, the, the experience of having fun, you would be propelled to repeat the fun activity. 
And when you repeat the fun activity, you have more thoughts of fun. So the habit and the thoughts, the habit energy and the thought energies work together and build each other up. Okay. <laughs> so we have lifetimes, eons of lifetimes of imprints in our symbolic habit sand energy field. And the tide does not go out every 12 hours or, you know, or come up every 12 hours and then go out and leave a fresh, clean energy field. doesn't happen. We have built chasms in the imprint. And when they're really deep, the propellant action is incredibly powerful. And it is what is behind so many of our little habits. Maybe we only, when we put on our pants, we always put the left leg in first. Or maybe when we uh, get up in the morning, the first thing we do is get a cup of coffee. Or maybe we, when we're in the, the, um, the, the grocery store, we always pick up um, a pack of gum or, you know, some of these little kind of habits that we find ourselves doing all the time. Uh, it goes from that kind of very simple habit that's neutral. It really doesn't matter if you put your left leg in, pants or the right, that sort of thing. It's not a big deal. Um, but all the way to the extreme issues of addiction, uh, OCD, you know, um, very, very intense, intense patterns get, re, you know, it's like that gentle wind at the back becomes a gigantic push. And it's very difficult to overcome. When you go into an addiction, for example, you are repeating the addictive behavior no matter what it is. And then, of course, of course the thoughts are empowered, which further create more and more of the imprints. The actions also go over, so it's thought and actions, and so those imprints get deeper and deeper, and it's very, very difficult. Very difficult to shift some of the uh, habits that we have. I mean, they can be, as I said, fairly neutral and all the way in between to the, the you know, one that maybe we're not really addicted, but one of the habits is we sit and eat popcorn or chips and salsa um, while we watch TV every night and then go to bed with all that in our stomach. And, you know, that habit can lead to uh, weight gain or whatever. So the, the fact of the matter is there's habits that we have. There's actions that we repeat over and over again. We often define ourselves by those actions. Uh, that's just who we are. Well, I'm just someone who gets up and I run every morning. I just can't help it. That's who I am. Well, that's a great habit, guys. But what about so many of the other things that really can hurt us. And this is why, because the thought energy and the habit propellant energy, the magnetic energy and the propellant energy work together. They constantly are re-empowering themselves. And the more power they have, the more that you are going to manifest in your outer reality around these issues. I am not talking about on the show, but it is in my book, how these very powerful energies work to weave your outer reality, how the creative life force energy we all carry in the creative body uses all these energies we carry and that we've created for ourselves. 
Nobody else has done it for us. We've created for ourselves. The book also explains to you how the creative body takes those energies and then manifests your outer reality. Okay, so here's the deal. When we... I'm, I'm trying to address a little bit the, the actual question that Ernesto asked about, you know, can this, can you draw back in something that, you know, because you feel guilty about it, can, you know, using the law of attraction and all that. And I, I just want to talk about about this whole thing about the betrayal. I'm just going to call it betrayal, this issue where you've betrayed somebody um, before in the past, whether it's this life or other lives, and now are you then calling in betrayal in this life? Uh, just because you're thinking about it a lot or you're you're focusing on the guilt and things like that. Well, you may, but here's here's the deal. Before we've come in, and you've heard me say this, at the soul level, I mean, now on this planet, in the early days of our evolution, we wouldn't have really planned all that <laughs> all that much on uh, what kind of life we're reincarnating to. It would be much more base basic than um, than than people who are here now. But before we've come in, there's been a plan. We've had a plan at the soul level. We don't know what that plan is. There's no telephone, no texting, nothing that connects us to the soul where we can ask those questions, at least not easily. I mean, yes, you can tune into the soul. You can talk to yourself at those levels or bring in the higher self information. There, There are ways you can access it. But in general, we don't know. We come in deaf, dumb, and blind. We're completely removed. So often, though, the soul will plan to uh, remember the soul is you. This is before you're born into this life. You decide you want to work on the betrayal pattern, for example. You've decided you've had enough of betrayal, and so you want to come in and you want to bring awareness about it. You want to start to heal this pattern. And so what you do is you pick, in general, the situations and conditions make co-creations with your parents, with various other people that are going to be appearing in your life pattern. Not everyone, and it's not written in stone, but you do kind of a general plan. And the hope is that when you come in and you get the pattern triggered, that you will be motivated from the pain or the suffering or, or the grief or the sorrow, whatever the pattern might be, causing that you'll be motivated to seek and search and find a way to heal that pattern. So in you come, and what happens at some point, and every soul would pick the timing and all of that, at some and for different reasons, at some point you get betrayed in this life. Now, why would you choose to be betrayed when you're trying to heal that pattern? Well, if you don't become betrayed, how the hell will you know to heal that pattern? How will you know at the mind level? This is a way that the soul actually communicates. You make these plans and these are your windows. When something happens to you, it's your windows into what you're here to, to work on or to do. It is powerful stuff when we bring in a negative thing because it is the telex it's the, the communication okay this is something i'm unhappy with i've had eons of time with this kind of thing i'm this may be my first betrayal in this life but do i want any more in this life because here's what happens if we don't catch on in the beginning which we almost never do 
it comes up again and again from different quarters. It might be a loved one. It may be in a work situation. It might be from a parent or a sibling. This kind of pattern will keep repeating until we get it, until we hear that, hey, something is happening. It's not anybody else out there. I'm not a victim. It's me bringing it to me. And now that I know, now that I'm conscious, I have ways to deal with it. There are many modalities out there to deal with it. As you know, I really um, respect and uh, teach and share the whole neutralizing thing and all of that because it is so incredibly effective and it makes so much logical sense and it's not vague. It's really specific. Um, just reminded me, I just want to say one thing. On the habit propellant energy, when you neutralize, you're not neutralizing the negative and making it neutral and then absorbing it into light. What you're doing, in essence, is bringing in the divine light like the, the water, the ocean water that, that evens out the sand and fills in the crevices. So when you're working on a habit imprint, to neutralize. We use the same term, but what you're doing is you're neutralizing the propellant energy and the divine energy goes and fills in the crevices of whatever you're working on. I'm sorry I forgot to tell you that part. Oops. Uh, okay. <laughs> so getting back to what I was saying, um, the soul chooses to activate those patterns so that it can bring the awareness. And I think I've talked about my digestive problems. I was born with a congenital malformation in my biliary tree, and I started having problems at age two with massive you know, stomach aches. I didn't know at the time, but I already had gallstones, and I was passing gallstones starting at age two. I've had two major operations on it, and then I continued to have issues after the second operation. Um, it was a big thing, and it just kept reappearing. Finally, I meet Joan down the line. I'd already had the two major surgeries and all of that. Thank God for the medical com community because, in fact, it enabled me to be reasonably healthy and get rid of the overt worst part of the pattern. But it still kept repeating in different ways, you know. Uh, anyway, I don't want to go into it, but it, you've heard me before. But in any case... I kept presenting issues for me to, be, so that I could deal with it. It kept giving me an opportunity to become conscious and aware. When I discovered Joan Culpepper and the higher self work, whammo, I had a technique, I had a tool, and I've just used it over the years, and I have really, you have no idea how much I have changed and shifted in my whole digestive system. I'm not getting the repeats anymore of one pattern or another. And and for a long time when I did get the repeats, they were very minor, no surgery involved, minor. And I just would go in and work on it energetically. And if it needed some sort of uh, either medical ish, you know, help or alternative medicine help, I would turn to that. But eventually the whole pattern would move out. And so these patterns that give us an opportunity to keep working are great. This is really a gift we have, guys. Often we look, oh, I've worked on that. Oh, my gosh, why is it back again? Blah, blah, blah. And I understand that. I've been through that myself. I've told you about my screaming in the bathroom at the higher self and swearing off all the work. 
many years ago now, and then I realized nothing was moving, and I went back to it. But, but in fact, I get that kind of discouragement. I totally get it. But the repetition is, is saying to us, there's more to do. Keep going. Remember, we have eons, eons of time of energetics, belief systems, misunderstandings, hurts, wounds, everything that we're carrying forward with us. All that habit energy, all those chasms and all the thoughts, the, the magnetic energy. We have so much. So we get a chance. It brings it to our awareness because I don't know about you, but I don't know if I'm carrying any more shame in there. I know when it comes up and is part of a pattern of something I'm not happy with. And then I go, oh, my gosh, I don't want those energies to be working on my outer reality anymore. I want to clean up what I'm manifesting. I want it to be more and more positive, more and more exciting, more and more expansive, more and more opportunities. I don't want to be bogged down with an occasional something yucky coming in. So when something comes in I'm unhappy with, I'm like, okay, thanks for letting me know, and I go in and work on it. And it would be the same for everyone, guys. Okay. So sometimes we choose to be betrayed on purpose because that is going to lead us to get to whatever is behind those betrayal patterns. Maybe guilt is one of it. One thing, but I think guilt in, in an essence is the second part that I want to discuss, but I haven't gotten there yet. The betrayal patterns are very deep, very complex. Guilt could very easily be a part of it. It could be in many other things. Um, two, in addition, each person would carry their own mix of all the various issues that are part of it. Uh, as you know, often I did, you know, the I don't deserve anything better, or you know, I deserve it. I maybe I didn't hurt that person, but maybe I did something. I believe I did something wrong over here. So then I think, oh well, that's just my my comeuppance. That's another way to punish me for something over there. So. There can be so many belief systems involved in a betrayal pattern. I don't, this isn't the time to go into each and every one uh, because everyone has it different, but you know what I mean. I'm talking to the choir here, guys. Most of you know what I'm saying. I'm just trying to pull some pieces together, pull the pieces in so that you kind of have a bigger picture. There is another time where we might, another situation where we might pull in a betrayal pattern. We may not have even gotten to the point where we want to heal it. It may be a situation where we do feel so guilty and carry so much shame about something we've done in past lives that we decide we need to atone to make it better. And this kind of um, atonement viewpoint, it rarely works. Even if... The punishment comes in. So let's say we, we carried a big betrayal pattern. We betrayed a lot of people. And so we come into this life believing that the only way to feel good about ourselves, because we feel like we are just the lowest of the low, we decide, and it is not what is taught in the human kingdom heaven schools or by their educators, um, is that the only way is that we have to suffer what we've done to other people. And then this brings in the whole idea of karma. We often think, well, it must be our karma. We must have been horrible in past lives. 
or it's a boomerang effect from something we did earlier in this life, whatever, however you approach it in the thought, that's where karma, the whole idea of karma often comes in, that we've, this, the effect of being, um, the effect of the betrayal is the consequence of a prior action. And in fact, it isn't automatic pilot. It is because you've chosen. We're not victims. It isn't fate. It isn't sort of a knee-jerk reaction that, okay, we do something bad or somebody does something bad, and immediately they're going to have the karmic payback. Uh, they may get a payback in this life or 18 lives or now if they decide that they want to either atone or they want to um, move out of a pattern and heal a pattern they don't want. But it is actually um, soul choice for whatever reason. I've just talked about two. There are infinite number of reasons. Now, if, for example, here's where the automatic pilot comes into play. This is where the habit comes into play. Let's say you have an issue of being a victim and you decide you really want to heal it in this life and you activate it, and everybody would do it at different age, maybe right early on, you know, you get abused by your father, you're a female, and you get sexually abused, or maybe you get bullied at school or whatever, and you bring in and activate this victim pattern that you've decided that you want to heal. And this victim pattern just keeps reappearing. You grow up you're, as a teenager, you're, you know, you're beat up on by your boyfriends and you know whatever you just continue to be a victim you get you get um mugged you get in you know maybe you even get raped and and the whole victim thing keeps reappearing in your life if if there isn't an attempt to move out seek and search and to heal then all those victim energies are actively part of producing your outer reality. You are not becoming the active participant, the directing identity in your life. You may try, may try some things, but let's say your attempts fall short of real healing. And, you know, as many times as we do see people who, who do heal a victim pattern, there are those that don't. And so, you're, you know, my, my example is one of where somebody doesn't heal it. And so they continue through their life pattern and they have things like they, they're in the hospital for something and there's screw ups and, the, you know, they get something left in their stomach from the surgery or, or one of the nurses uh, is new and makes mistakes and gives you the wrong medication. Whatever it is, you would continue to have this, this sense that, that you're a victim, even if you didn't use those words, you 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 carrying in those energies, those victim energies. The there's this propellant of the deep chasm and the propellant and the magnetic attraction from the thoughts that keep empowering, keep enhancing, keep uh, adding to the victim energies that we carry, and those are being utilized in producing our outer reality. So that is really why the higher self, you know, will say karma is really a habit and it's based on the energetics that we all carry. 
Now we can make choices to bring in and activate the, the, the habit, whatever it is. That's a soul choice, you know, to atone or to heal or whatever. But those energies we carry, and unless we do the healing, we still carry them. Unless we actually address the issues. So, So I just talked for what hour and 10 minutes? Oh my goodness, sorry, but I hope it's making a little more sense to you. Now, I haven't even brought in the emotional issues and how the emotionals play in. I've talked about it over my shows over the years. It's in my book. It's all in one place in the book. That's why I'm really pushing you to to get choices. It's available, um, you know, ebook and everything. It's easy. Uh, probably next year I'm going to have it an audio file so that people can download um, download it. It's not done yet, um, but it will be there. But at some point, guys, I really recommend, because it's going to make a lot more sense to you how our energetics work when you read choices. It's going to pull all the pieces together. Okay. So, uh, I do want to say that, in fact, atonement is not a real, is not the answer. It's often what we come up with because we don't feel good about ourselves. And out of that deep sense of worthlessness or uh, feeling lack in whatever way, we feel that the only way that we will have any worth is to experience the nightmare or the hell or the uh, the negative stuff that, that we have put on others. And so we think it is going to help us. In fact, it doesn't. In fact, the way to really, really heal those kind of issues is to do the neutralizing and to bring in self-forgiveness. And self-forgiveness, again, is just, it's just not an intellectual thought. Real, deep self-forgiveness, which is hard to get to, it's easier and easier as we neutralize. And when we, in every neutralizing, we're also going to be empowering the forgiveness side. You want to always, but it's not going to take in the complete way uh, immediately, most likely. And so what happens is the more you release of all the guilt or all the negative things you're feeling, the more the empowerment with the forgiveness comes into sway. And suddenly you just, the, the real forgiveness is there. It's just there. It's not something you have to try to do. It is just there. And that's how, you know, working both sides of the coin with these divine energies just help us move forward without forcing ourselves. And then when we force ourselves and it doesn't work, what happens? We feel like failures. But if we put it in the hands of this divine energy that we carry, directing it, being part of it, being active participant in our own healing, we are going to get to that self-forgiveness. Where the atonement didn't work, we will then forgive ourselves at, because we have slowly cleared away the guilt and whatever else. Okay. So, Ernesto, I just have to get a little water, you know. I'm, I should probably have some sort of breaks in the show so I can at least drink some water and you don't have to be so tired of my voice. But in fact, I don't have it, so I just keep talking. And 
so I have to drink water in front of you. <laughs> okay, now for Ernesto, but each and every one of you, I don't know really what's going to come up in this healing. I just have to thank Ernesto for reaching out because it really kind of brought my focus in and I realized, hey, I need to I need to share this with the audience. I need to discuss this with the audience. And I'm sorry it took so long. But it is a lot of material. And even though it took a long time, there's so much more in the book. And I really recommend, yet again, blatantly marketing myself and the book. But I really recommend it. Okay. Now, I want everyone to quiet your minds. Just take a few deep breaths. Make sure you're in a comfortable place. And most of you know the drill, so I'm not going to spend a lot of time on the amalgamation. But I, I, I want to let you know that I already see all the past, present, and future listeners standing on the, uh, the, the rim of that symbolic wheel that I use, that wagon wheel. We're um, standing in the center of the now moment, keeping in mind that by focusing, using that focus of attention, we are bringing ourselves into the now moment and activating the energy field of the now moment. And we are now going to use that same focus of attention to expand in, through, and around the totality of our soul process. That includes the totality of the journey of our soul um, from the time we were first expressed as uh, part of originating source, all the way through the mineral kingdom, plant, animal, human kingdom, and beyond. And so this moment now has is incorporating the past, present, and future nows, and I call it the forever now moment. And it's as if it's spanning the universe known and unknown. Um, I liken it to the time-space continuum, some scientific um, sci-fi term uh, I've heard somewhere. Anyway, it makes a lot of sense because it's spanning not only time, because we've been in existence for eons and infinite eons of time, and our existence will continue to the infinite. It, It never will stop. But also the space, we've been on hundreds and thousands of planets all over the universe, known and unknown. And of course, there's a lot of us in uh, involved in this healing. So we are incorporating with this time-space continuum uh, a huge portion of the universe, even though it's probably still a drop in the bucket because there is so much of the universe that is unknown. Um, so I am going to ask that we all focus now on the pure soul essence. This is the divine energy we all carry. Some some think of it as the divine within, the light within, the God within. It isn't about the terms, the higher self, call it the pure soul essence. A lot of times they do inter- introduce terms that are a little different simply because, as you remember from the astral, there's a lot of... Um, astral energy around belief systems and uh, vocabulary and we don't we want to bypass the activating astral energies that may carry negative connotations pure soul essence is relatively new it is not something that has been used over the eons of time that humanities have been on the planet 
So the astral energy that it does carry tends to carry much more pure, uh, much um, much less discoloration and misunderstanding. So uh, that's why we use it, but you can use a symbol. It doesn't matter. I like to use the symbol of, I, I like to use a symbol. I encourage symbols. It's easier to focus on. And I, I like the symbol of the sun. And for those who've heard me before, the sun, um, you know what I'm talking about. But to be clear, the sun in its own right is so powerful that when we see the pure soul essence or imagine or sense our own pure soul essence like a sun, it immediately helps us connect with that purest, most perfect, and most potent point of power that we are and that we carry. And I want everyone to just focus on expanding that pure soul essence in through and around the totality of the physical body, in through and around the etheric bodies that we carry, uh, in through and around the totality of the, the experiences in the mind of this life, and then the in through and around the totality of yourself at the soul level, which is massive. And in so doing, we are filling this forever now moment with brilliant light. It is divine light in this way. We are inviting it in, asking it to become a participant in the healing today so that we um, can have access to and have it uh, help us. Uh, specifically help Ernesto with each and every one of you will also get the benefit with your own pure soul essence working on your own patterns. So now we are, um, we filled that and now I want to call in the conglomerate higher selves. The conglomerate higher selves are the conglomerate of the higher selves of all those participants, past, present, and future. I'm also going to call in any other higher selves from any other realm or direction. I do feel other higher selves coming in. It's also a very powerful energy. If the higher selves operate out of the fifth dimensional frequency, which is a also divine will, we also have to invite in our higher selves. And there's a great connection because they are part of us at the soul process level so that in some ways this energy is very high frequency, very expanded, very knowledgeable, and carries that divine energy. But it also, because they're part of us, feels comfortable, feels like familiar, because they've been with us for a long time. So um, we're going to activate that amalgamation, and I see it happening. Um, it's it, it could be any brighter. This This forever now moment has just gone through some uptick of intensity in the brightness of the energy and <clears throat> the last part of it is that I'm asking that we become uh, that we move in and be and be enveloped by we become one with this the womb energy WOMB um, of originating source as I've explained often and, and I'm not going to go into a big um, deal about it now it is a we're like a drop in the ocean it's a huge amount of creative life force energy and all it wants to do is to create to become to give birth to to um, explore and develop it's innate we all carry creative life force energy this is that part of the creative body that i talked about and all it wants to do is create it's obsessive and compulsive but we're moving into this beautiful field. Remember, it's divine. It can, it can um, this this energy will only <clears throat> in the healings 
be working in our highest ideal, working to, as we dissolve the old, because that's what changes, dissolve the old pattern and recreate the new, so that the womb energy is going to work to recreate the new for Ernesto and each and every one of you. So it's a very powerful energy field, and it brings the healing. um, All that we do in the amalgamation process is bringing the healing to as to the place where it can be as effective as possible. And I see Ernesto, he's just now stepped out into the symbolic hub at the center of the wheel. I do want to activate the Rainbow Bridge energies. I just like the doing the healing on the the hub of this very beautiful, very balanced, very powerful uh, energy of the Rainbow Bridge. It also facilitates the, or doesn't facilitate, it um, it connects all of the chakras for each and every one of us and Ernesto, all of us around the rim and Ernesto with the chakras of originating source and allows the healing again to be brought into a very, as profound as we can because it brings the chakras into the highest level of efficiency that we can handle at this moment in time, that we can reach this moment in time. Uh, and because the, the chakras are energy exchange points, it allows, it's going to help allow Ernesto to release and all of you to release as much as possible, as much as you give permission to at your soul level, because it is the soul that makes the decisions of how many layers, how deep it goes in the releases. And it also allows as much of the divine energy in that, uh, that you can uh, handle and that the soul, level, the soul will agree to. We do not want to work at any kind of lower level because we want to always have each healing do being as profound and as efficient and as effective as we can be. Will it create a miracle overnight? Maybe. Maybe doubtful. Most likely doubtful. But we want as many layers, as much change, as much shifting in that energetic field that we carry to go on. Okay, so I see Ernesto out here. He's... Um, even though in his email he felt fairly insecure and worried about it, and I, I don't know whether he's thinking he's going to be cheated on um, with a girlfriend or something. I'm not sure what's going on with him uh, inside because he didn't. He, he was asking more of a general question. So, but I, I feel like he's moved forward and he's actually pretty seems fairly centered. Uh, you know, he's not coming forward showing me uh, the image I'm getting with this symbol is not one of him sort of on the verge of falling apart. But he's he also has real interest in dealing with um, what's coming. What I'm feeling from him is that there's a lot of interest of, in prevention. He wants to be proactive is what I feel here. He's like, okay, I get the picture, but I don't know. I can't understand all that I've carried forward. You know, I don't have that direct line, that that uh, direct connection to the soul. And so I'm really working to prevent something from happening. That's what he wants. He wants to prevent bringing something in because either he feels guilty or it's a karmic thing, you know, I, um, or a choice at the soul level, whatever it is, he wants to prevent it. And boy, I love this approach, guys. Because why wait until something negative happens? Why not, if you have the idea it might happen, or it could happen, why not go in and work 
and that will help prevent it. This is really massively great. So if you do carry, for example, a big pattern of betrayal, if you if you think of the possibility, that means, and probably, I mean, if it even comes up in your mind, it's probably because it is there in some way. Somebody who had no betrayal ever in any situation in their life history, their, their, their eons of time, wouldn't ever think, well, wait a minute, if I'm thinking of betrayal, does that mean it's going to happen to me? Or I'm thinking that guilt will bring in the, the pattern, whatever. So what I'm saying is that... Um, because he's had the thought, that, in fact, is another window. So let's work first on guilt. Let's get rid of guilt. We want to get, we want to get rid of, <clears throat> I don't mean get rid of, that's sort of a harsh term, but let's release into the light. Uh, I want, want uh, Ernesto to release into the light as much as he can, dealing with guilt and betrayal and self-blame because there's elements here of uh, instead of understanding that we all have issues that we've brought in from the past based on misunderstandings, misconceptions, actual events in our life, and then saying, okay, well, now I have to deal with it. We often go to the blame place. Well, it's my fault. If I'm feeling guilty and I'm thinking I must be, you know, maybe I'm guilty or this, that, or the other, that I'm then going to you know, it's going to be my fault if somebody betrays me. It isn't about fault, guys. So I want you to release the whole idea of blame and fault. Release, release, release. And I'm seeing some of it come out of the top of the head, out of the stomach. There's a lot of pain here, a lot of heartache and a lot of grief. You have had situations in your past. Um, I can I can see... Um, uh, like a scenario where you have hurt someone and you didn't want to. They, some of the situations were such that you, it seemed like you betrayed them, but it was the only course of action that you, uh, you had. I see you doing things under duress where you were literally forced. If you didn't do something that would seem like a betrayal to the other, to the people in your life, the loved ones, the, but in fact, it wasn't. It was a misunderstanding on their part because it did truly look like a betrayal, but they didn't know the duress you were under, the threat you were under. And so I do see you doing things, but you've got such a pure streak in you, Ernesto. There is a real true goodness there, as there is with uh, most people, uh, virtually everyone I've ever run into. And it, that goodness in you even though you were under duress and you felt like you had no options, that goodness in you could never live with the fact that you took that route, that you did whatever the action was, and it doesn't matter what the action was because this is not just one life. There are this pattern of being under duress has been present in many lives. So we want to, and then the effect is that it hurt loved ones in some way. And the the backwash was that you put all of that blame on yourself. You took on tremendous guilt and shame. And I want you to really start to release this. You don't need to um, you don't need to bring this pattern in uh, in this life. You can release it. You can prevent. And if you do bring it in, bring it in once, not five times or 
10 times. We want to uh, do as much prevention by releasing this as possible. And so that's what I'm seeing that you're releasing it. I'm calling in right now, activating and calling in that divine forgiveness energy. Also, clarity of vision and expanded perception. Because the there is a lack of understanding here, um, misunderstanding, misinterpretation. Um, because when you blame yourself, you there's this thought that there could have, there should have been, or there was other options that you chose not to take. But in fact, from from what I'm seeing, there were no other options. They may have been upset by your betrayal, but what you did, in fact, saved their lives. So what option was there? Either they die or they feel betrayed. You had very little option. So that's the kind of thing that I'm seeing. So I really want you to release all the misunderstanding that that there were other options, that you couldn't have done anything different. The scenario was such that there was just, you were between a rock and a hard place. You were literally, you know, there was no, um, there was no help you could get. I mean, nowadays when we have a problem, there are helplines, uh, there are, you know, all sorts of ways we can reach out for help and get support, uh, all sorts of, um, arenas everywhere to help us back then there were no other options in some of these other old lifetimes and this i really want you to get rid of and this kind of built on itself there's there's many things here and there is this sense of you and i really like it because there is a sense that you do have that there is that you carry this there's a sense here that you carry it and you want to release it you want to get rid of it and you are starting to do a lot of release. Now, there's also grief here, tremendous amount of grief, because just even in the times where you kind of had the sense that you had to do it, the grief at the whole situation was intense. So there is a lot of grief, and that's part of the propellant. That is part of what is pushing you to, to heal and to release this so that you don't want to bring it in again. It's almost like you can't tolerate even the thought of anything like this happening again and so it is a great propellant this shame and this guilt and so it is propelling and the grief it is propelling you to i will i want to say take the bull by the horns but it's propelling you to not just deal with a situation that's present in your life that's unhappy but a potential one that's saying i don't want this to come down the pike for me I want to neutralize whatever is behind it first, before. And um, I remember years ago, uh, I heard in one of Joan's classes, a woman came and stood up and she says, I just, I'm here to tell you that I only have brain cancer. And, you know, we're all sitting there completely shocked. We didn't know her very well. We, you know, just high and by in the group. And, I don't want to make a, a uh, I want to make a long story short. It's actually in my second book because it was such a profound uh, experience for me. But by the end of what she said, I said to myself, I don't want to wait till I get brain cancer or something else. I want to get rid of these energies before. Now, did I do it before anything came in? No, but whatever came in would have had to be less because 
I really propelled me into the prevention mode. And, of course, when, th- when things do come in that are difficult, I also work on them. It's not like I'm preventing everything. But I, we have to know that uh, everything we do to shift that energy field, shift, uh, bring it to a higher frequency level, getting uh, more and more of the denser uh, negative stuff dissolved, neutralized, gone, that, and, and empowering the positive. The more we do that, the more gentle our life is going to be presenting. Do some harsh things come in? Sure. But, in fact, it could be worse. So this is so great. And I'm telling you, um, Ernesto is really, really wanting to do this prevention thing. And I don't get many of these things. And I'm glad this issue came up because this is another reason to do this work is to prevent knowing that our patterns, whatever they are, whatever the issues, whatever is making us unhappy or what potentially could make us unhappy, they are going to be deep and dark and dense and complicated and really uh, built up from eons of lifetimes. So, hey, let's do whatever we can. All right, so I do feel really good about all the releases that Ernesto's doing. I also want to work on the belief systems. And I'm hoping everyone is also following along and doing their own releases because the belief systems are like a crown. If you believe in karma and you can't avoid it because you're doomed, you did something bad and so then you're going to get the payback, that is a belief system that is absolutely going to hold you to getting some sort of what seems like a payback. And then that payback, whatever happens, you're going to say, ah, see, I knew it. I have bad karma. I've got to do it, uh, you know, I've got to, uh, uh, that whatever happened to me was part of my bad karma. And that belief system is a cap. It keeps you in a wheel of repeating things and bringing in uh, stuff, either because you're trying to, your soul is trying to get you to pay attention and start to heal it, or because you've decided you need to atone and it's a punishment, or whatever it is. So we we want to release the belief systems, and I'm seeing them to start flowing out of the top of the head, uh, Ernesto's head. Um, belief systems that, you know, belief in karma, that it's unavoidable, that with every action it's a reaction, and that you can't avoid it. Of course, you've done negative things either in this life or other lives, so of course you're going to be hit with karma uh, all the time. Uh, you're doomed. You, uh, you know, it's your fault, you're to blame, uh, you need to punish, and uh, or, or you're getting what you deserve. Whatever all those belief systems are that are tied up, I want all of those to be released. I want you to, to either let it go, all the beliefs out into the light, or you can have the light move in and find, symbolically find, all the little pathways of belief systems that karma has you trapped that karma has you in a box, that you can't avoid it, that it is fate, that it is, uh, you know, with every action is a reaction. I think there's some sort of scientific principle on that. Well, it doesn't work that way at the soul level. It's different. It doesn't have to be that. 
if we bring the sense of understanding and awareness and start to work on whatever the energetics, whatever the belief systems are, whatever the emotional issues are that are bringing in something, some negative issue like a betrayal in Ernesto's case, and that that betrayal then would reinforce the belief in karma if we carry it. We don't want that. We Karma is basically a habit. It's an energetic habit, and it continues to be a habit until we bring awareness around it and neutralize those belief systems, those energies, the, those uh, that, that focus of attention, those blinders. So let's release all of that. And I'm seeing this huge opening now for, for Ernesto. There's like the... It's like there's an expansion now in his understanding and his belief system. He's really working at really working hard. I see the light just permeating, and it's as if it's opened him up at the mind level. It's as if a the opening instead of going straight up like a like a column of light. It's like it's moving out like a big funnel. Um, so it's as if now he's able to see and bring in some of the higher understanding, the higher uh, expanded perceptions. I'm, I'm going to send right into that funnel, please, all the divine forgiveness that he needs. Because we all need divine forgiveness. We need divine love. Divine love carries forgiveness. It carries self-acceptance and it carries, um, of course, the self-love as well and it so but I want to call in all three separately so not only divine love but divine self acceptance divine acceptance which is self acceptance and acceptance of others divine uh forgiveness forgive which is forgiveness of the self and forgiveness of others and the divine love is the whole ball of wax it's a very powerful energy and I'm just watching it absolutely I'm going to amalgamate every single thought form, every single habit imprint, every single emotional blueprint, whatever is being empowered, I'm going to amalgamate all of them with the higher self and bring in that divine energy so that they are only going to be working in Ernesto's highest ideal. And they're only going to be working in your ideal, each and every listener. So I'm hoping you're doing the same. We want to, we want to make sure that all the empowerment moves into the most positive uh, highest ideal place, and um, the the picture I'm getting of Ernesto is um, very cute. It's as if he's wearing a funny hat with this big uh, space going out. It's as if he's gotten rid of a a big cap off of him that was keeping some of the higher understanding and higher frequencies and higher healing energies from moving in and it's now as if he's walking around with that openness and I I very cute kind of um it's kind of like having one of those cheese hats on or something. But it's not that. It's just this beautiful opening and it's just um showing that he's allowing in a lot of this higher energy and he's taking it in. He's welcoming welcoming it and it's helping um it's helping it, it, as it would help anyone to empower that positive. Now, let me just check. There's a there's a great uh, there's a new sense here that I'm feeling of, of 
self-confidence. Uh, it's not that he wasn't self-confident before, but I definitely feel an uptick. I definitely feel um, more connection to the self. So I want to empower that, too. We want to call in divine connection, and that would be connection to the self, connection to the higher self, connection to the uh, originating source of all there is. And I also want to call in divine power. Um, divine power is not the power like we normally think of power, but the power of the pure soul essence is connecting us and enhancing that pure soul essence power and allowing um, Ernesto and hopefully all of you to feel empowered with those energies that are so important for all of us to utilize and be um, pay attention to and the, the know that we have it to to shift our lives. This is what does it. The the simple thinking, those magnetic thoughts are fourth dimensional. It's energy held at the fourth dimensional level. It is not divine energy. Yes, they're important. Yes, they have major effects, especially because we carry eons of lifetimes of that thought energy, of that habit energy, of the emotional blueprint energy. But the pure soul essence, that divine light we carry, is so powerful. Those are all like matchsticks, twigs, just little nothings. It is the divine light that carries the our ability. We carry our own abilities, our not a privilege, it's our right. Each and every soul has the pure soul essence and much of the evolutionary journey is coming to the point where we are aware of it and not only aware of it, but we know how to use it. So with that, even though it's a fairly short healing, I feel really good about it. Um, especially, uh, very important about the whole, all those belief systems and Ernesto did a good job. I want to just check around the circle and see if I if anything comes to my attention. No, I don't really see anything uh, around the circle that that's brought to my attention, so it all feels good to me. And I'm going to and I do see the um the forever now closing down, but the higher selves have put each and every one <coughs> of the listeners excuse me, past, present, and future, as well as the, as well as Ernesto in that cocoon, which will continue the processing for each and every one of you. Just because I'm ending the healing or ending the radio show, it doesn't end the process. It continues. It also helps with the acclimation because when there's a lot of change done in that energetic field, there can be some impact, and this helps us uh, mitigate or adjust or acclimate to the shifts and the changes. And so we always end the healing with this um, beautiful cocoon of energy, which I always see is sort of a light blue. It has a tinge of aqua, but um, my guess is that that's just my perception, and, and you may see it if you perceive the, the, um, the cocoon. Chances are it's different for everyone, so if you see a different different color it doesn't make it wrong um, I just that's how I tend to perceive it but in any case I'm also very aware that the higher self and the pure soul essence energies 
know exactly what that cocoon and probably is a different mix for each individual and they know exactly what to put in that cocoon of energy. Okay. So with that, um, yikes, I'm in la-la land, as I am sometimes. That, as I am often with these healings, that was great. Ernesto, you did great. I want to thank you so, so much for stepping forward and allowing me to really get into the connections of, of my work with a Law of Attraction to help people put some of the different pieces together and also to... Um, understand karma a little better, and also to give me the opportunity to talk about prevention because there is, I rarely talk about that. So I love that part. So thank you, thank you, thank you. I really, really thank you from the bottom of my heart. And as, and I invite anyone and everyone who want to request a healing to either you know to email me and, and give me a request. At, at, you can email me at Janet at janetrichmond.com or janet at higherselfvoice.com. It will take you to the same place. I will respond. I do respond to everyone. No one in, gets a, an assistant or anything. I personally respond to any requests and, or questions or anything. So I invite you to, to do so and I'm, I'm hoping if anyone also wants to contact me with any kind of feedback. I appreciate it. I and I hope you understand some things a little better and understand that it isn't that there's anything wrong with anything else out there, whether it's the law of attraction or anything else. It's just that there are many pieces to the puzzle and we want to take in and understand as many pieces as we can. Do you have to understand it for it to work? No. But I do, especially in this day and age with, with Google and the Internet and everything else, understanding is a big part of what drives all of us. So that's why I'm trying to, to bring out the information in a way that, that really increases the understanding. Okay? All right. Well, have a great week, everyone. I hope that it's going to be good for, for everyone. And with that... And with my deep and heartfelt thanks and love to everyone, I'm going to say goodbye till next week. Thank you for listening to Janet Richmond and the Higher Self Voice. Visit Janet's website at JanetRichmond.com to view all of her upcoming events or to buy her book, Choices, Neutralizing Your Negative Thoughts and Emotional Blueprints.